Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your as always. Hello. Trying to, we have a little technical difficulties here. We got connected. Trying to, we got disconnected, I should say. Trying to reconnect now. We should be able to do that in a moment. We are back. Got a little disconnected there, but we're good. We're here talking sports, having fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. We'll be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. He's going to give us his take on Super Bowl 54 out there in beautiful, sunny Miami. What a game. What a game. Very good football game. Two very good football teams. But just like Willie Rose said, came down to the quarterback, and one quarterback was better than the other. We'll get to that in a moment. NBA trade deadline was yesterday, and the last chance, if you will, for teams to make some moves, to make some adjustments, to try to get better as they enter the stretch run in the NBA. And The reality of it is, if we look at both conferences, this is still a very wide-open situation. It's a wide-open situation. I mean, let's start with the East. You know, it's still wide open there. I I know Milwaukee is 44-7, playing some big-time basketball. Toronto's 37-14, playing some great basketball as well. The Miami Heat a team that made some moves yesterday, Iguodala, Jay Crowder. That's a basketball team, obviously, is poised in prime to try to make a run to the NBA Finals. But to me, even though this this basketball team has struggled recently, I still look at the Philadelphia 76ers as still a formidable team, a team that I believe still has the talent to get out of the Eastern Conference. This is still a championship-caliber team, in my opinion. But right now, they are going through a huge, huge, huge slump. And they just don't seem like they enjoy the game. They're, they're, they're playing like they don't enjoy the game. And, you know, I watched this team, and I watched this team throughout the whole course, the course of this whole season. And when they're good, they're very good. You know, Examples of that is when they beat up on Milwaukee on Christmas Day. An example of that, when they beat the Lakers uh, without Joel Embiid a couple weeks ago. Examples of that, you know, the dominance they had over the Celtics this year. I mean, this team, talent-wise, has all the talent in the world. 
something is just not right. We can argue about the mix between Simmons and Embiid. It's questionable. It's definitely a questionable mix. Um, I, I, I can't definitively tell you that it works. Here's what I will tell you. It has won them 50 games over the past two seasons, 50-plus. Here's what I will tell you. It's gotten them to the Eastern Conference semifinals and a couple bounces away last year, albeit with Jimmy Butler in the picture, a couple bounces last year away from possibly going to the Eastern Conference finals and beyond. And the reality of it is the way things turned out in the NBA finals, if you got there, if anybody got there from the East, whether that's Boston, whether that's Milwaukee, whether that's Philadelphia, whether that's Toronto, you're probably beating the Golden State Warriors because they were broke down. Clay was broke down. Kevin Durant was broke down. They broke down. So if you get to the NBA Finals last year, you probably win an NBA title from the Eastern Conference. So you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, the, the fit with Horford and Embiid does seem funky. It, it's a funky fit. And a fit that I'm not sure works. I propose that they're better suited with Tobias Harris sliding over to the four like he played last year and inserting Matisse Thibel. Maybe you look at Glenn Robinson the third who they just acquired, but I think you have to move Al Horford to the bench. I don't think Horford and Embiid works together. I don't think it works. I just don't think that fit is a good fit. So I think that's something that needs to be talked about and needs thought about. Because I think the Philadelphia 76ers talent-wise still there. And, and I know you know, Charles Barkley called them the Cleveland Browns of the NBA, a team with all this talent, all this ability, but just can't get it right. You know, Charles Barkley also said mentally this team is weak. And there could be some levels of truth to that. And like I said, to me, in my opinion, I know Ben Simmons is an all-star. I know Ben Simmons does a lot. And I know he brings a lot to the table. But the reality of it is, the past two seasons, whether it was uh, two years ago against Boston, when, when, when Ben Simmons pretty much disappeared, he was, he was useless. He was made useless by the Boston Celtics because they wouldn't allow him to drive. And he just, uh, and his shooting ability, whether it's confidence, whether he, he, it's just not there. It's non-existent. He doesn't shoot jump shots. And then last year against Toronto, he was asked pretty much, not asked, but he went to the corner. Jimmy Butler became the primary ball handler. And there was a reason for that. Because Ben Simmons was pretty much useless because his inability to shoot. Ben Simmons just doesn't shoot the basketball. And to me, coming into this year, Based on what they did in the offseason, Ben Simmons, to me, has to shoot. When you have a center as dominant as Joel Embiid that gets double teams, that's going to open things up for you. Ben Simmons has to shoot. He has to. And I know he's an all-star without it, but he's got to shoot. And I think it's a mental. I think it's a mental block on some level. I really do. It's just he has to shoot, man. He has to shoot. But I do think, even though this team is struggling right now, I do think the talent is there for this team to turn things around. I do point at coaching. I don't love Brett Brown, their head coach. I struggle to say what Brett Brown does well. I think his offense doesn't necessarily suit his personnel. 
So I, I think he has to find a way to make that Horford and Embiid situation work. Make Horford and Embiid fit. Make him fit. Force or try to get Ben Simmons to shoot threes, to shoot something. I still think it's not too late for this team to turn things around. The talent is there. The talent is most definitely there. They just have to put it together. But right now, the Sixers are playing listless. They're playing lifeless. And as Ben Simmons said the other day, they they played soft. They played soft against Miami. Got blown out by Miami. Blown out by the Celtics. And then last night, lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. They competed. But the Bucks were too much. But again, I think there's it's it's I think this team could turn things around. I think this Embiid and Simmons pairing, there's it is questionable. It is questionable. But I think it could work. I think it could work. But I don't think uh, and I have questions about whether the Al Horford situation is a fit. Because it seems like when 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 Embiid was out, Al Horford played better and you know and it just opened the floor up for Ben Simmons to do his thing, to go downhill, for that team to play fast. And Ben Simmons is at his best when he's playing fast. Obviously, when you get him in a half-court situation, it becomes a struggle, as we've seen. The reality of it is the 76ers, there's talent. They have to figure this thing out. Time will be the judge of whether they actually do. We'll get back to that in a moment. We're going to bring in a guy now. I know he's happy. I mean, his boys uh, got it done on last Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs won Super Bowl 54. Andy Reid gets his first title. Patrick Mahomes gets his first of could be many good times in Kansas City. Let's bring him in now. Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Paul, how's it going, man? I I, I told you the Chiefs were going to get it done. I I thought – the coaching experience was going to be on the side, and uh, and uh, you got to put make Jimmy Garoppolo make plays, and you know he had a couple chances late, and, and he didn't make them. And in the fourth quarter, and you, I saw a video where the route that Tyreek Hill ran uh, when when they called that timeout or the challenge the 49ers did, he went over to the sideline and said, "Are we going to call that play?" And that was a turning point when he when 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 he went over to the sideline and asked the coach to call that play, and they hit him deep, deep Tyreek Hill deep in that in that in that uh, when he was wide open on that route, somebody missed the coverage. I think that was a turning point, and um, and Mahomes went to the sideline and asked the coach to call that, Paul. And, and you talk about you talked about this last week. Who would be the difference? I think it was two weeks ago, maybe. But Patrick Mahomes was the difference. He was the difference. He's the reason. I mean, we can look at throughout the course of these playoffs the deficits that this team faced. But you knew, even with all the deficits that this team faced, that they were never out of the football game because of Patrick Mahomes. This guy has proven – I think we forgot because we knew he was great last year and he was great this year. I know he had the injuries and everything, but – Man, the, the guy made plays when he needed to make plays, and he was the difference. And, and Paul, he was struggling in that Super Bowl. I mean, they were really getting after him. That's a real good defense. And then when the play when Sammy, Sammy uh, Watkins got uh, Richard Sermon, well, anybody knows if you go in, you're not running a goal. You're not running straight up. That's why he went like he was going the in route. But but Sammy Watkins did that on purpose to set him up, making him think he was going in. But he's fast enough to to go in and and go back up, and they couldn't, and and he couldn't get over that. But but I mean, if you read, if ninety percent of the time, if a guy's going to go inside on on the inside release, he's not going to turn and go straight up. They just don't do that. So they they went against the grain. And I'm going to tell you something, Mahomes, what he's able to do. You know, that's why when I was watching that game, when they started making them shots, I didn't get nervous. And you saw when they started connecting and making those passes, 
every, every, everything got tight over there with the 49ers because you know, and Mahomes knows in the back of his mind, I can make a play. He's got that Brett Favre mentality that regardless of the score, whatever, if I've got the ball in my hands, I will make a play and get us back in the game. And that's what he did throughout the playoffs. And even though that Super Bowl was a tough one for him early, he made the plays down the stretch because in his mind, in his mind now, Paul, moving forward, I'm going to make plays to beat you late. I'm going to figure you out, and I'm going to make plays. And that's what he did throughout the whole playoffs. So for you, even when this team was down 20-10 to 10 and Mahomes threw that pick, you weren't nervous? You had no concerns? I was a little nervous, but when the defense stopped him, when the defense stopped him, or what happened? Did Jimmy, did Jimmy throw a pick? See, that was a dumb thing. When they did throw the pick, run the football. They were trying to let him pass the ball, Paul. Doesn't make any sense. They were getting those big reverse plays from that rookie, 19, and they were running the ball some. I mean, they didn't run the ball in the second half. I don't understand what they were thinking down the stretch. What did Jimmy? Jimmy threw it over 30 times. So I don't understand when you have a lead. Which this isn't as bad as the Super Bowl and when he was coordinated with Atlanta. That was worse because it was 28 to three in the third quarter. For sure. So that was even worse. But. When you got Mahomes over there, uh, Paul, you can't throw the ball and get the ball and give him another opportunity. You're playing right into his hands. And, and the thing about – you talked about Mahomes. and Like, this offense, the speed, it just overwhelms you. And, and it did it – this 49ers defense, one of the best defenses in football throughout the course of this season. And, and like, to your point, they played Mahomes very well for the first three quarters. But the reality of it is, there's four quarters in a game, and you can't hold this offense down for four quarters. No one did it in these playoffs. You could not hold them down. And ultimately, just like they did against the Texans, just like they did against the Titans, their speed, their playmaking ability, it just overwhelms you. Paul, they can score 30 in their sleep. I remember before the season, Paul, they said they wanted to score on every drive. They're going to score 30. When you line up with them, you know they're going to score 30. Now I give a lot of credit to Chris Jones. I hope they franchise him or extend him. And guess what, Paul? Guess what's, what's, what's happening? Uh, what's Carlos paying for $700,000? He's not going to restructure till after that new deal is done, the new labor deal is done. Why are you going to redo it now? Dak and them have to redo it because their contract's up. So Mahomes is in, in a situation, the Chiefs in a great situation. Lock these other guys up. Get them locked up on their contracts extended. You already got Tyreek Hill extended. Whoever else, you, Chris Jones, extend these guys so you have them locked up for for, a few, for, for three or four or five years, whatever you're going to do. Then you got Mahomes who's playing for a low salary again next year. And then you have the labor deal coming in 2021, so Mahomes won't get a new contract, which he might already have worked out. We don't know until after the new labor deal goes up when the salary cap goes up. So the Chiefs are in the perfect situation to lock all their other guys up, and then when the salary cap goes up, that's when you give Mahomes the big contract and you structure it in a way where you help the team as much as you can. And and the thing about it is important, you know, when you got your quarterback on that rookie deal because you don't have to give him that money and you can put money out there. But at some point, sometime, he's going to get his, and it's going to be a lot. It's most definitely going to be a lot of money, and he's going to deserve it. This guy is the truth. He's, a, he's the absolute truth. One of the best, not one of the best, the best quarterback in football. And he proved that this in the, these playoffs, and he proved it in the Super Bowl, got his first Super Bowl, and this could continue for a long, long, long time. So, speaking of that, how long or how many can this team get in terms of Ooh, Super Bowl? Paul, Paul, I don't want to, you know, it's a lot of factors playing that. Health, everything, everything, you know, getting back there is hard. So, if Mahomes got to stay healthy, you know, this, this, Tyreek, these skill position guys got to stay healthy, you know, fish, you know, defensively they got to stay healthy. It's going to be tough, but um, 
out, and, and then they had a defensive lineman that was out for the year who was balling early in the season. So, I, man, I, I, with Mahomes there, if they got Mahomes there the next 10, 10 11, 12 more years, I say they'll, 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 they'll get a chance at least two or three more times. At least okay. they'll have three more opportunities, I, I would say. Conservative speaking, I say he'll get, he'll get he'll get back there a couple more times. And here's also the thing. We we remember Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, kind of – we kind of talked about Aaron Rodgers the same way we talked about Mahomes in a lot of ways. And Aaron Rodgers got to the Super Bowl, beat the Steelers. I believe that was 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been back since. So – there are no guarantees when it comes to winning Super Bowls and getting back to – I mean, he hasn't even got back to the point. He hasn't got back to the Super Bowl. So there there are no guarantees when it comes to that. So the and reality of it is – I'm not winning. I'm saying getting back. I'm not saying winning. I'm saying okay. I think they'll get back a few more times. I didn't say win. I said get back. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Um, but if you were to project, if you were to project, and it is very difficult, especially in football, but if you were to project how many Patrick Mahomes, if he stays healthy, if everything is relative, how much, how many Super Bowls do you think he could get? I'll conservatively say at this point, I think he will have a chance to get, let's say, three. Three, okay. That's not fair. gonna go past three. Okay, that's fair. And, and, three and I'm saying three in another, let's say twelve years. Right. Yeah, and it it, it it is the man obviously has the ability and the talent to get a lot of Super Bowls, but you know better than I do how hard it is. To, you know, to get to the playoffs and to win a Super Bowl. It's very difficult, and a lot of things have to go your way. I mean, the reality of it is it worked out in the, the Chiefs' favor that Tom Brady and the Patriots were upset by the Miami Dolphins in Week 17. I mean, that yes. changed the course of everything. Yes. That was huge. Agreed. They, was got huge. Home field th- they got home field throughout. Pretty much. That gave yeah. them home field. Yeah, pretty much, and, and it's and it was unexpected. It was unexpected. But, the, you know, this is a good football team. This is a team that could be around for a very long time. Here's also the thing. Andy Reid got his first Super Bowl, and Andy Reid is a very good coach. I mean, so could this and – and this could be a stretch, but could this be the next – Belichick Brady situation, Mahomes and Reed. I'm not going to say that because the divisions are going to be a lot tougher. Okay. Because they, they got to dominate that division for so long. That division was so bad for so long. So I'm not going to say it's going to be Belichick Brady because I think the division is going to be a lot tougher. So I don't think that, you know they how many how many how many titles have have they won in a row? Tom Brady and Belichick. They won that title, that conference title. Yeah, double digits. Some ridiculous number. So the, it's going to be a lot tougher with the uh, with Denver and dealing with the uh, the, the, the Chargers and uh, and uh, who is the other team? The Chargers, Denver, and uh, and, and and the Raiders are going to be yeah. on the upside. So I think the division is going to be a lot tougher. I don't think I don't think there'll be another time when you see a Belichick Brady situation. I just I just think these it's too much parity. I just think it was a, it was the time for that, and they dominated that division for so long. But I don't think you'll see another team dominate like that in in, in our lifetime. I don't I don't see that happening. It, it does help to your point. It does help that Brady and Belichick were very fortunate to play in a division that's been down for a very long time. So yes, that helps. That helps their situation big time. So yeah, I, I and to your point, I don't think the AFC West will be that bad. I don't see that, but we'll, we shall see. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. So we look at the 49ers now, and, and they got here. They were 4-12 and last year. 
13-3 this year. They were able to get to the Super Bowl, and they pretty much could have won this football game. A couple things happened here. A couple things happened there. They could have won this football game. But we look at Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Struggled in the fourth, fourth quarter. Three for 11, 36 yards, and an interception in the fourth quarter. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty at all. He struggled. He struggled mightily. But in your opinion, looking at Jimmy G, is this guy here being a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? Uh, I don't think Jimmy G is going to go anywhere. I don't see you getting rid of Jimmy G uh, for Tom Brady. I mean, maybe they could, but I don't see that happening. He's a real good player, Paul, and he uh, he's still young. I mean, he's still real young. Uh, I heard I heard that the Patriots offered uh, 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 Tom Brady thirty million dollars. Uh, I don't know how long it's for, but I heard it was thirty million dollars. So <clears throat> I don't know. How, I don't know if you if you're gonna pay Brady more, you're gonna have to pay him more than thirty to get him to the Forty ers So are you gonna pay Tom Brady? more than $30 million, and he's 42, I'm going to turn 43 years old. So I say if you're going to sign him, he's going to want at least a three-year deal. So if you have the confidence that you, you feel that Tom Brady can get the job done, then you can probably got to give him three years <coughs> around $100 million to get Tom Brady to come to come up there. So if you want to give him three year $100 million and give him about 50 guaranteed, that's up to you. But I just don't see how you let uh, – uh, uh, they were four and twelve, and, and they and they and they do play so well this year. And how you let Jimmy go with the year they had, and they made it to the Super Bowl. I think they're a real good football team, and they're going to be right in the thick of an NFC with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and the thing is, I mean, it, it, I think it would be intriguing if you're the Forty ers if you had an opportunity to get Tom Brady. I, I think, I think you. Would give it some thought, but he is he is forty, he is 40, 41, 42 years old. I mean, forty is forty, you know, and so that's that's always a difficult proposition. But forty two years old to be exact. But would Tom Brady give the Forty ers a better chance to win short term? Because here's the thing: if you gave Tom Brady whatever amount of money you gave him, and he comes to you and he wins the Super Bowl. Well, it was worth it. No matter what happens, it was worth it. You got to no, keep the no, ball. No, 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 no. I will say this, Paul. In that forty, in that 49ers system, you have to move around. You have to right. roll. You have to scramble out of the pocket. You do a lot of passing on the run. I haven't seen Tom do a lot of that lately. That's the same thing the Denver Broncos used to do. Stretch, play, stretch, mm-hmm. stretch, roll out, throw, pivot, throw. So it's, you have to move around more. So at this age, is Tom Brady going to be able to move around more? And when they get near Tom in the pocket, you see how it goes down. So what I'm saying is you're going to have to be a little more mobile in that system than than he has been with the Patriots. I'm going to tell you that right now. So are you going to depend on Tom Brady? You think, do you think his mobility will be able to let him do what they like to do offensively with the scheme? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's fair. I mean, but Jimmy G is not the most mobile of guys, but that is fair. That is fair. I just think you would have to give it some thought if you're a team that you feel – if you're a team and you're fairly close to a Super Bowl and you have a chance to get a Tom Brady, you would have to give it some serious, serious thought. And, I mean, I don't know legitimately – I don't know if you're the 49ers that you can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know. He was he had moments during this season. He was very good this year, but he also you know thirteen interceptions this year. Also in the yeah, Super Bowl, but he was a fourth rated quarterback this year. Paul, what do you mean? He's, he, he, you can you win know, with him. He just has to play better. He had a very he's, good year. He's young. He had a very Paul, good how year. How many years has he started? How many years? How many years has he been a starter in this league? He hasn't been a well, starter but three or four years. That's true, and he's coming <clears> off a torn ACL, so. And they were coming off the torn ACL that first year. The, right. the last year, this year, right? Uh, last year he had the ACL. Last year he he get him, he got him to the Super Bowl. Probably takes two years to come off ACL. So you, I, I that's fair. That's fair. 
But man, Tom Brady would be intriguing. That would be intriguing. I, I think that would be intriguing. Because I don't I don't know. I, I think Jimmy like I said, to your point, Jimmy G had a very good year. But he came up small in the Super Bowl and and, and that happens. That happens to the best of quarterbacks. No, no, but I I blame I blame I blame a lot of that on the coach too. You just can't put that on Jimmy G. You gotta run the football. You got a ten point lead in the fourth quarter, you have to run the football. I'm not putting all that on Jimmy G. You should have never put the game in Jimmy G's hands. You should have been running the football more. But their play-action game was very effective in that Super Bowl. And, you know, Jimmy G was making some plays off of play-action in that Super Bowl. But, that, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But a, full, a, a Tom Brady who you know what you're getting, you know exactly what you're getting with Tom Brady. We, we could say that Tom Brady and the Patriots were a little down. Tom Brady was a little down this year. But even saying that, Tom, even saying that, Tom Brady still put up big-time numbers. He still put up big-time numbers. And this is what is in a situation where there weren't a lot of playmakers around New England this year. There really weren't. I mean, with those playmakers – Tom Brady still threw 24 touchdowns and only eight interceptions, over 4,000 yards. I know it's a pass-happy league, so the numbers are going to be there, but the guy still has proven, even at age 42, 43 when the season starts next year, that he can still make plays. And the one more thing about Tom Brady, he's motivated. He's, He's even more motivated because of what happened this year. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, obviously. But if you're the 49ers and you're this close with that defense that you have, you you have to give it some thought. You have to give it some thought. And I will say this for t- to Tom Brady. If he doesn't see the Patriots put players around him that can help him get it done, then I'm not going back to New England. I'm going to wait. He's a free agent. He's got a, He's got all the leverage. If he still decides to play, if they're not going to put the right personnel around him to help him win, because Edelman was slowing down, you don't really have a number one receiver there right now. If they're not going to build and put some players around the really the tight end was Watson was thirty eight, so can, is Gronk going to come back out of retirement? And who are they going? Who what personnel are they going to go get? So before I make any decision. I'm going to look at the personnel on those rosters, what system they run, and see who I think, which team is going to be most likely. If I look at the teams, I would say the 49ers are the best team equipped to get it done. Now, I will say that the Chargers should make a big run at him. So, you know, for me, it's the Chargers or it's it's the 49ers if you're not going to go back to New England. Let, let me ask you this, and, and this is very, very hypothetical. If you're the New Orleans Saints, you have Drew Brees there. If you're the Saints and you had an option between Drew Brees or Tom Brady, who would you go with? I'm gonna go back with Drew Brees. I can't. You can't do that. Okay. Right. You gotta go with John. I mean, he he doesn't move. Drew still moves around. Drew is way more accurate. Tom Brady was throwing some ducks this year too, Paul. Let's let's be. You know, I know Drew is getting up there, but Tom Brady was not throwing the ball good all the time. They were twelve and four, but a lot of that was because of their defense. So Tom did play good in spurts. He had a good season. Some of those yards he had, you know, were 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 dummy yards. But I mean, they still went twelve and four. Twelve and right. four is is I, I I only went thirteen and three one time. Other than that, I never went twelve and four. So. I've only gone above twelve and four, above that record one time in my whole career. So twelve and four is an excellent season for any football team. A lot of them would take that every day. So what I'm saying to you, that the Patriots still had a real good year. The defense carried them a lot, and the, and the division is getting better. Buffalo's getting better. Miami is playing better. It's going to be a tougher division moving forward, Paul. It's not going to be a cakewalk in 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 that in that in that division, and it's sure they're going to be a cakewalk when you got to deal with the Chiefs and you got to deal with uh, with Baltimore moving forward. You got your hands cut out with both of those teams when you get to the playoffs. You're in trouble if you got to deal with them. And you also, I mean, 
another team that would also be intriguing would be the Raiders from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're moving to Vegas. That would be a splash move. Tom Brady there in Vegas. I, I, again, I don't, I don't think any of these things will happen. I think Tom Brady, when it's all said and done, is going back to New England. I, it would be weird to see Tom Brady in any other uniform other than that Patriot uniform. But maybe he could do, you know, with Joe Montana, who went to Kansas City, got him to the AFC Championship game. You know, they got beat up by the Bills in that game. Maybe Brady could pull something like that off in another uh, situation and, and with another team. So that 13-3 and three year, that was the year with uh, – well, that was the year with Trent Green, where you guys lost to the Colts, right? Yep, the no punt game. We yeah. I don't even did we punt once? I don't even know. We there was no punt. There. I don't think there was no punts in that game. I don't think it was a punt yeah. in that game. And uh, I know they stripped Priest one time, and we had a turnover, and I think that was pretty much the difference in the game. Yeah, that was. I I remember that game. That was uh, Tony Gonzalez. I remember him talking about it. I think this summer talked about that game or. or where there was no punts, or I saw you talked about it recently, but there was no punts in that particular game. But to you, that was probably that was probably your best chance to win a title. That was the best, you know. And and I really think I really think the team we had in '05 was a little bit more balanced than that team. But we went again. The division was tough, real tough at that time. We went ten and six and didn't make the playoffs. Cincinnati beat us beat us out because we didn't win the division. We were ten and six. Right. So, we didn't get in. Nah. I mean, it happens. And, and that's, you know, it's going back to your point when you talk about, um, you know, dynasties and, and winning a lot of championships. There's so many things that have to go your way. Winning an NFL, winning a Super Bowl, everything has to go in a way that it, it just, things have to just shake out right. I mean, I just look at the Eagles a few years back in the and all the injuries they had, but they had chemistry and just things just shook out right. It's just, it's just it's weird sometimes how championship teams come together, and it's just and, and, and look at all the fortunate. Look at the Patriots coming back to twenty eight to three. Look at the Super Bowls they should have lost. Look at what happened with Seattle a couple of years ago when all they had to do was run the football and they win their football right. game. When they played Carolina and Houston and they missed a field goal or something, they made a field goal. I mean, the Patriots have been the luckiest team. Uh, two or three of those Super Bowls, they could have lost. Right? Boom. And in the 28-3, the one against Seattle was the worst one. The Pete, Pete Carroll, they should have had two rings because they gave that game away because they should have run the football. And yeah. we're not even talking about them winning that one. So, I mean, the Patriots have been luck. It's a lot of luck involved. They're an excellent football team, and they put themselves in a situation to win. I will say this. Tom threw for, what, 500 yards in that one game against the Eagles? And yeah. then it came down to who had the ball last when they won that one because the Eagles' offense, they just, the Patriots could, just couldn't stop them. And, and the, one, the other one they won, they won after that last year, I mean, they just the Rams weren't ready for the stage. They were not ready for the stage, and I, and I will say that that wasn't a good football game at all. But I will say, uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs were ready for the challenge. They stepped up late in the game and they got it done. And uh, the Forty ers you know, that's part of the growing pains, and they're going to be right there in the NFC, right there knocking on the door again next year. And I will say the Chiefs are going to be right there again knocking on the door. They got to sign Chris Jones, extend him, and uh, lock some of them other guys up, lock some other guys up, and then go draft, draft well, and the Chiefs will be right there knocking on the door, I think, again next year. For sure. I mean, it's, it's especially with this quarterback. If this quarterback is healthy, they always have a shot. They always have a chance. And he proved that. Even you look at two years ago against against the Patriots, um, you know, last year we when he had no defense. I mean, he had no defense. The Chiefs' defense this year was competent. They were solid. Last year they were just nothing. And even with all that, he still almost found a way to get him to the Super Bowl. And, and, I if, believe, and if D Ford had lined up offside, they are in the true. Super Bowl. That's true. And so that that's a testament to Patrick Mahomes. But I feel like I felt like 
this year and last year were their best chances to win a Super Bowl. And they cap they didn't capitalize a year ago, but they finally capital they capitalized this year and now they're Super Bowl champions. So let me ask you this. Andy Reid, you know, obviously he's a big time coach. I believe he's six in all time wins among coaches. Finally got that Super Bowl. I think at this point it's safe to say that Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer before he got the Super Bowl win. I think the monkey's off his back. And I think this is gonna let him open it up open it up even more next year. And I'm gonna tell you something. I know he should have got a job, but I'm so glad Eric Bieniemy is coming back or his coordinator because he does a great job. Him and him and Coach Reed have that continuity. Uh, him and him and Mahomes have great continuity. So I know he should have got a chance to shot at a job, but I'm glad he's still with the Chiefs. And you got Spagnuolo, and you got you got you gonna draft and add some more weapons to this defense and offense. For next year, you got a draft coming up with the talent they have, Paul, and you're gonna add some more talent to this team in free agency or with the and and with the draft to what they already got. They're gonna be tough to deal with. Baltimore's gonna be tough, but if the Chiefs add some more speed and add some more players on both sides of the ball to what they already have, that talented roster they already have. Whoo! I'm telling you, Paul, it's gonna be it. It, it could it could be another great year next year. For sure, for sure. I totally agree with that. We look at this Hall of Fame, which is, you know, always an exciting time for a lot of guys, but Edron James is in, Isaac Bruce is in. Um, I don't even have the list in front of me. I thought I had the list. Uh, Steve Hutchinson, uh, Steve Hutchinson, all over from yep. Florida. Edron James and him and all from Fort Lauderdale, and then you have uh, Palomalo is the head of the Malo and uh, who was the last? Who was the? Oh, Steve so Atwater, my good friend Steve Atwater, great guy. We had the same agent, and uh, and that's a that's an outstanding class. And then you have Cliff Harris, who when I go back to Arkansas for the Willie Ruff Award uh, for the top high school and college offensive lineman, they have the Cliff Harris Award for the small college player. Uh, in the country at that banquet. So I've known uh, Cliff Harris for uh, a few years now, and he's just a class act too. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this because you have so many guys going in. But uh, I think it's a real good class, and I'm glad that uh, uh, Atwater and and Isaac finally got in the hall. I think they're going to have, from my understanding, they're going to have two different ceremonies. They're going to have one in September for the Centennial class, and they're going to do the, you know, normal one in August. Well, that's, so the one, that's a good way to do it to, to break it up. So you get a, you get a full, you get you get you get the hall get get some attendance, two separate deals. So that's very yeah. smart. That's definitely a good idea on their part from that standpoint. I, I mean, I am a little surprised that Tony Pacelli didn't get in this time. It's a little surprising uh, to me. And, 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 I, and I, Paul, I did an interview about this the other day with uh. Leon searching those guys in Jacksonville. It's a matter of time, you know. I I, I came in the league in '93, and then 90, by '94, and Dallas had those real good lines, and then Eric Williams got hurt, and they, they had Eric Williams and Tony on both sides. But that was the best line in football. You had Larry Allen come in the next year, and Nate Newton and those guys, Stepnowski. But when I came in '94-'95, I was offensive lineman of the year in the NFC back-to-back years and uh, had some real good years, all-pro and then first-team all-pro. And I thought I had took over and I and I was the best. And then our team started losing and I slipped in 97. And at that time, I felt like Buscelli, when he came in after that first year, I felt like he was, you know, Jacksonville was winning, expensive team. I felt like he was the best lineman in football, so the best tackle in football. And uh, for, that, for that stretch, it wasn't long. You can kind of compare it to, what happened with J.J. Watts. But from that stretch, for that four or five-year stretch that he, from the mid-'90s till about 2000, I thought that uh, that, uh, that, that, uh, that Tony Baselli was the best tackle in football. You know, I know it was short, short-lived. And right. when I had a ch- when he had a chance to go in the expansion draft, and I was trying to get in the expansion draft in 2002, uh, after the old one season, he was coming off a knee, and I was coming off a knee, and he had both of those labrum uh, tears too. And uh, 
uh, Charlie Castley said they weren't going to take anybody over 30 in the draft, and they ended up taking Buscelli, and he, he made a lot of money that next year, and he never played. So, you know, those last two years, 01 and 02, he really didn't play a lot of football. So, really, you're judging him off 95 to 2000 is what mm-hmm. you're judging for the Hall. But, like I said, for that stretch, I feel like he's the best tackle in football. And I also, Fred Taylor, another guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, who put up, you know, with those Jacksonville teams, you know, Brunel and Jimmy Smith and those guys. But Fred Taylor put up a lot of yards, put up a lot of numbers. And he's having a – he, you know, I, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I'm assuming at some point he'll get in. I don't think well, it might not like be any time against. I don't want to say anything bad about any players like the Centeno guys. But I look at, like, Colbert, the tackle from the Bears. You know, he got the ring. He was he went to a couple Pro Bowls. He was lineman of the year, you know, one year. And he made the all-decade team but in the all-NFC. But, I mean, he only went to a couple Pro Bowls. And I'm like, you know, you know, like Deion said, this, this is the Hall of Fame. You know, these are the guys that when you speak their names – you know, you remember their names. You talk about them. I know about Anthony Munoz. I know about some of these linemen. Some of these guys, you know, you don't know about. You know, they didn't, they didn't leave an indelible imprint on you as a player. Everybody knows who Buscelli is because Buscelli was that type of player when he played at that level for the years he played. But, like you said, this isn't a hall of good. And just like baseball, if if, if the guys aren't that good – we only put one guy in, two guys in. We're not going right. to just put it in because we have a, a a quarter to reach. You know, it's it's the Hall of Fame for a reason. And I don't want to say anything that you know about the, the older guys that get in. Looks like some of them eventually they think they're going to get in or they do get in. But you know, if you've been on that list for ten, fifteen, twenty years, you know there there has to be a window where where you have to be. You, there should be a window where you have to be enshrined by. You know, and then, you know, if you don't, you know, I mean, it, everybody is supposed to be in the hall. And, and it's not that many. I mean, it's only 300 and some guys. And Willie Wood just died, you know. Doman just died. You right. know, it's only like 170 some guys that are, even, that are living. But, you know, it, like I said, it's it's not the hall of good. I, I You know, it's funny you said it because I asked, I asked Dave Baker that question last year at the Hall of Fame. I forgot his answer, to be honest with you. But, um. I did ask that question, you know, being that you're opening it up to so many people, does it almost become the hall of very good? Do you, how do you avoid the hall of very good? And I'm not, you know, when you, and it, it's hard for a fan or anybody to know how good an offensive lineman is because you don't really pay attention to that phase of the game. But I never, and I'm not knocking Jimbo Covert, but I I don't remember him being that guy. I, I he was good, but I don't remember him being that guy. But it, you know. see, that, that's what I'm saying, Paul. When you talk about that good, Paul, you're a football fan. You knew who I was. You knew who certain guys were because they were that right. good. Palomar. You know who they were. You know you know Atwater. You know Atwater. Some of these, these guys. But uh, that's my point. That. You know, I mean, he comes up to me, and I don't even really know who he is. You know, and he said, well, hopefully we get another left tackle in. Well, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a huge football fan when I was 15. I'm not going to, I liked the Steelers. I knew who Mike Webster was. You know, I knew who some of those guys were. I knew who me and Joe Green was. I knew who Franco Harris was. Leon Swan, you know, Bradshaw. But like I said, you know, I mean, I, like I, said, I wasn't as big a football fan, and I was probably leaning more toward basketball in the late '80s. But like you said, I, I mean, I, I didn't know who he was. So, you know, I mean, I think there is a measuring stick to get in the hall, and 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 and, and everybody can't get in. You're right, and, and I think you know, yeah, everybody cannot get in, and and you want the beauty of the Hall of Fame. Is its exclusivity, and and the guys who are in there, you know, they belong there. They were great, 
It's not the Hall of Very Good. It has to be the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Great. And, you know. I mean, Donovan um, McNabb hasn't made a finals list. Donovan McNabb, to me, is a borderline Hall of Famer. Is, is he going to get in? I don't know if Donovan McNabb is going to get in. I, I think, Donovan McNabb was a heck of a football player. I, I, I go back and forth on McNabb in the Hall of Fame. And part, part of me believes if Kurt Warner's in, and Kurt Warner, you know, in terms of team success, I know he got to the two Super Bowls. I know he has won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But, and it was second half, you know, his time with the Arizona Cardinals, to me, that kind of cemented him, you know, yeah. getting to the Hall yeah. of Fame. But I, I, mm-hmm. I have questions about Kurt Warner. And to me, if Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer, I think Donovan McNabb, I think he almost has to be there on some level. I, I, I think what you said is true. He went to the Rams, they weren't that good. Boom, the greatest show on turf. He went to New York and struggled some. Then he went to the Arizona Cardinals, who historically had been a terrible franchise. They took them to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, so I think that's why he got in the hall, because he took the Cardinals yeah. and, he, and, he, and he took them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, that, it was the Cardinals years that got him to the Super Bowl. Because if you remember, I mean, if you look at Kurt Warner, you know, hit obviously the greatest show on turf. You know, 41 touchdowns, 13 interceptions in 1999. 2000 wasn't that great. 21 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. 2001. We beat him. We beat him in the playoffs. Yeah. 2001, 36 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. And then from there, it's very dry. Very dry. Three touchdowns, 11 picks. One touchdown, one interception. Six touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, That was... He went to the Giants in 2004, six mm-hmm. touchdowns, four picks. And then he had that three-year run in Arizona that put him over the top, that put him into the Hall of Fame. And, and I know he got to the Super Bowl twice, and I know he won the Super Bowl. I got to the Super Bowl three times, excuse me. Um, and I know he won the Super Bowl. But he, there were some dry years. There were some – from 2002 – to 2006, it was dry for Kurt Warner. It was very okay, dry. Compare his numbers to, to McNabb. How close are they? Well, let's look at McNabb. Donovan McNabb, you know, five NFC Championship games, um, one Super Bowl appearance, a guy that did almost everything in the big one. But McNabb, Kurt Warner, I believe, career, 208 touchdowns. McNabb, 234 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of winning. Well, here's what hurt McNabb. I think when he left Philadelphia, right? And went to Washington. He went to Washington, struggled, and then went to Minnesota and struggled. So the back end, he really struggled. And okay. that kind of hurt his last two years were struggles for him. Yeah, but how many years was he in Philly? He was in Philly from 99 to 2009, 11 years. Mm, and then the next two years, yeah, he didn't do that much at all. Nah, he struggled. How many years did Warner play total? Because he Warner, came in in 99. How many years did Warner do? I just saw that. But Warner, like I said, it was he, I don't want to say similar to you, but when you went to Kansas City, you felt like that can't, those Kansas City years put you over the top. Those Kansas City four years were my most consistent years playing, and I was on the top-rated offense in the league. So, you know, we were we were we broke all the records in those three, and we were the top offense in the league for three out of those four years. So, yeah, it was it was tough to deal with us offensively. So, I think when I got to Kansas City, our offense being as good as it was. And me being a left tackle, and and Trent threw for four thousand yards for four years. So yeah, I think that really helped me because Trent was was, was having some real good years, and offensively we were we were highly rated every year. Yeah, so Kurt Warner played twelve years, um, two hundred and eight touchdowns, one hundred twenty eight interceptions, uh, thirty two thousand yards. McNabb statistically is better. But I think the three Super Bowl appearances, 
the one Super Bowl victory, and then you know what he did in Arizona as well. It and and, and Paul, let's not forget Warner is on TV. He works for the NFL Network. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't at hurt. all. That doesn't hurt at all. I I think it's going to be tough for McNabb. I, I really do. I think he belongs. Maybe well, if Warner's well, there, and, 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 and Paul, the DUIs and the situation off the field, the that writers look hurt. at that stuff. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. But I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a struggle for him to get in. I really do. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Hall of Fame. Well, maybe he needs to wait another hundred years for a centennial class, and uh, <laughs> maybe he'll get to there. But um, I do think you can make a serious case for Donovan McNabb. And I think if Kurt Warner's there, and I know he's been to three Super Bowls, I get all that. But Kurt the, Warner was first ballot too, wasn't he? I, was Kurt, I think Kurt Warner was first ballot. First, I ballot. first ballot? I personally like don't now, think I mean, made the finals list, man. I, I personally don't think Kurt Warner is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, I'm saying, really but, but that tells you the difference. McNabb hasn't even made a finals list. No, no. It's it's going to be interesting. McNabb, if he would have got one, if he would have got one, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, he could have got that one. But I guess he's almost like a poor man's Jim Kelly from the standpoint Jim Kelly. Four straight Super Bowls, but you know didn't break through. I don't know. That's it. Just I don't think he's going to get in. I think you can make a legitimate case for him. I just don't think he gets in. We'll see. So Willie, so obviously the parade went on. You decided you couldn't go. You didn't go. Um, no. Did you watch it at all? I watched some of. Yeah, I watched. Uh... I watched the team come out. I watched Coach Reed. I watched Travis Kelsey out there. Uh, uh, then they went to the concert after the game. And after the parade, they went to the Post Malone concert. So, you know, I, I was I wanted to go. I wanted to see the after party. I wanted to go and see how they were after the game. I never got that experience, Paul. So I wanted to be around when they won the Super Bowl to go shake hands with the players and get a feel for that atmosphere after the game, right after the game. The other part of it, it, I didn't win a Super Bowl, Paul, so I don't really feel like I was entitled to be – I'm not a part of the team anymore. I got to go. The Chiefs treat me very well all the time. The Hunt family is one of the nicest families you want to meet. So – I got to go to the after party. I got to see everything. I will say this. I agree with Skip Bayless about they should have had Little Wayne on standby. And I don't know how the 49ers throw a party and let Little Wayne have a full concert when your team lost. I just, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't have been wanting to go to that party and been excited. I mean, if the what if the players knew Paul, before the game, that they knew Little Wayne was going to be performing that day. I mean, if you know he's already performing and you ain't even won the game, because they paid him on a Friday. So you pay Little Wayne up full money on a Friday and you lose on a Sunday. Well, everybody's still at the concert partying. Right. They said Little Wayne asked him three times, Do y'all want me to keep going? They said, Yeah. So I don't think you get rewarded with Little Wayne if you lose the Super Bowl. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would, I would think, I wouldn't think the, you know, the losing party would be much fun. I, like to your point, I don't know if I would even want to be there because, you know, you're the runner-up, but that's really nothing. Well, they have better entertainment. They, they have Florida and Pitbull. Little Wayne is bigger than Little. They have better entertainment at the losing party than the winning party. That is true. That is true. Maybe you should lose the party. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have been. 
49ers, so I wasn't going on there. <laughs> Willie, appreciate it, man. Thank you. We're looking forward to next year, man. Looking forward to those Chiefs being back in the mix of things. It's going to be very interesting, Paul, to see what the Saints do. I hear that Bridgewater's gone. They want Drew to come back one more year, and the Aaron Parent is Hill. They think Hill can do similar things, run, can throw, and he's big and strong young kid. He plays his butt off in the NFC Championship game. So I'm hearing they're going to let Bridgewater walk, and they want Breeze to come back one more year, and then Hill's going to take over. We'll see what happens. It does seem like that could be the plan, but we'll see what happens. Appreciate All right. It. Have a good summer. You too. All right. Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. Pleasure talking to him. You can listen to this show on other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgam, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter, at go for again Hit us up on Facebook and like us on Facebook at go for radio like us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at GoForRadio. Make sure you go to the website, GoForRadio.com. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you, you have a great night, great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.